Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. Welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. Anyone and everyone who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumbass, guys, because, wow, 31 years ago now, I was a dumbass. But through the grace of God, I can honestly say now I'm a smart ass. And yes, the word ass is in the Bible. It means donkey, and that is what I was. So, you know, I want to share something with everyone. It's very important. We, we've all had a rough couple of years. And there's so many people that need to know someone is always there to listen to them. I am a nutritional health coach. I'm also a recovery coach. Guys, if anyone out there is struggling and needs my services, my services to you are free. Please, please, please reach out. I don't want anyone out there to feel alone. My book, again, I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. You can find through Simon & Schuster Archway Publishing Bookstore. We have to start looking at addiction differently, people. Please, no one is powerless. Everyone has choices. Having said that, guys, today is going to be a really, really cool show. I have someone with me, okay, who goes by the ghost of rock and roll. Everyone, put your hands together for Bill Piscali. Bill, say hello to everyone. Hello to everyone. (laughs) <laughs> and I hope you're all having a great day so far. I, I know I am. See? So am I. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor to speak with you, Jerry. I've heard you before on many podcasts from, uh, I guess, every 50s and 60s artist that I've ever known, you know? So I felt a closeness knowing you from that. Thank you. You know, I've been really blessed and honored. I mean, the list is endless of who I've gotten to interview. And, you know, it's funny. I'm not a kid, but I'm, I'm, I'm 61. Actually, I just turned 61. And I say that to say this, I was born too late. I always say on most of my interviews, when I interview my rock and rollers, that I would be the girl in the poodle skirt, the, of course, the blue suede shoes, baby, the black leather jacket and the ponytail. Okay. I would have had it all. (laughs) And you look good in it too, Jerry. Oh, thank you, baby. But I love the oldies and Elvis, of course, and doo-wop and just everything. And you guys are amazing. So I want to thank you for honoring me today with this incredible interview. Uh, it's my honor. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So now, Bill, the ghost of rock and roll, how'd you get that? 
That, that began in the 70s. I, I was called in to fill in for the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Have you ever heard of them? Are you kidding me? I'm buddies with them. They came out and did a little benefit for me and everything. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was uh, my agent was there, one of the agents I used, <clears throat> and uh, Joe Rivera, if you ever heard of Joey. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and he came backstage and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> he says, I booked the Fruit Gum Company. I says, well, I'm singing with them tonight. That is <laughs> so, so cool. He uh, turned around and said, what are you, a ghost man? You show up wherever I go, you know. I said, oh, that sounds good, ghost to rock and roll. So meaning spirit, because I have a lot of spirit and heart for rock and roll, have my whole life. Uh, I used that later on when I made my autobiography. I said, wait a minute, ghost to rock and roll is pretty cool. And I had put a band together in the 90s that had backed up all the Dubs, Randy and the Rainbows, yeah. and many other groups of the 50s in Radio City Music Hall. Frankie Lons and uh, was Tony DeLaurel had uh, booked these things, and we were the backup band, and we called ourselves the Ghosts of Rock and Roll, too. And it was my band. And we got to do our own show within the show of backing up other artists like the Dubs, the Five Satins, the Oh. Cleftones, Herbie Cox, all these guys. I knew all the 50s people because I had three older sisters. I was just a kid, you know. <laughs> but uh, raised with the 50s and 60s. Like you, I, I, I always wanted to wear a poodle skirt. You wanted to wear... Wait, can I, ask, can, I ask how, can I ask how old you are? I told my age. Yeah, yeah. Well, add, add more than 10 years onto you because I'm 70. Okay, so listen, you're amazing. No, I'm not. Oh wow! I'm grandpa. No, I'm listen. I'm me, mom. Okay. <laughs> I hear you, and and that's what life is about. It's family, you know, and it's so important. That's why I guess a, a lot of times in music, I took a backtrack. Uh, I had a family to raise. I had five kids. I ended up with seven grandchildren so far. Um, my oldest daughter is fifty now, so she's not much uh, younger than you. Oh you know? sure. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I managed to balance life. I was a rarity, you know. Met my high school sweetheart at 15 years old. Oh wow! And used to used to cut out on my school to stand by her school. So when she <laughs> came out, she thought I was by accident just standing there, but I was actually wanting to meet her. And in a long way, I ended up marrying her four years later, and to this day now, we're this year we're celebrating our 51st anniversary of marriage and 55 years of going steady so wait now. i have to interrupt that is a rarity sure. and that is a cool story can you give her a hug from me please that's unbelievable i will but she usually rolls over and goes okay to well if, if you if you yell if you yell it's from jerry she'll smile and let you do it well you know what happens at our age you wake up in a middle of night have all this love and energy and everything and we'll turn around and look each other in the eyes and go nah <laughs> <laughs> go back to sleep right no but uh that's but great nah, we had we had a wonderful life that's and, and great. people people you know because you know it's our only marriage and everything uh we got married twice because we wanted to do it once at, at, a, at a rush in the courts and then we later on uh, 10 years later got married in a church oh. uh just to verify it but uh you, people gotta understand one thing if you if you're gonna have a relationship with somebody you're not gonna be in love 24 7 we're human beings we fall in and out 
we have arguments, feelings, we need room. You gotta you gotta do the eighty twenty thing, not fifty fifty. Sometimes I got eighty percent and she got twenty and sometimes she got eighty percent and I got twenty. Right. But that's how you balance the marriage, you know? And to make it work. You know, I always said if I can't make it with her, I ain't making it with anybody, you know, it just isn't gonna work in that's life. Amazing. And, we did. and I attribute her, I thank her for it because when I was out on the road and I was touring I, I, in 82 when I worked with the Crest, uh, J.T. Carter and the original Crest. Yeah, baby. Singing with us. Yeah, I traveled halfway around the world with them. So my wife said, just send me the money. I'll take care of the kids in the house. And she did. So that's why I attribute it all to her. Because uh. she was a strong woman. And she really let, let me have myself. Like most of my friends quit music when they got married. And said, no, 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 it'll ruin my marriage and everything like that. And and a lot of people that I've worked with, the Fudge, the Rascals, either they didn't have marriages that worked out or they stayed single their whole life because of music. And and that's a shame that they couldn't, they had to sacrifice something for something else. I agree. Uh, Jerry, I went went most of my life uh, playing music when I could and when, you know, when it was starting to dry up the well. I went to work. I was a construction worker for 18 years in the union in Manhattan, did 60-story buildings. That's why I could say I not only worked on Radio City Music Hall, but I worked in it. I did Carnegie Hall Extension, 62 stories, and performed in it four times. I I did the World Trade Center concerts in the afternoon, which I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And off Park Avenue, too, with Bristol Myers. I did that every year. And here I'm in construction. I take the day off and not tell my boss uh, I had to play on uh, Park Avenue. And then CBS FM comes down, uh, interviews the band. And then the next day I go to work and my boss says, hey, rock star. I said, excuse me? (laughs) Are you aware that while you're out there working on buildings that we're in the office listening to CBS FM and we heard Bill Piscali was there? I said, oh my God. That's so cool. Why didn't you tell me you were a musician? I said, you know something? When you tell uh, employers you're a musician, you usually don't get the job. So what you do is you hide that behind something. He said, no, no, no. You tell me, and whenever you need off, you have off. And I went, wow, you are a rare boss. So what, with that, I managed to continue my career, too, and when it was always there for me. It's amazing. In uh, 2000, I became an admissions person when I got my degree, uh, working for Plaza College in New York City, and they were kind enough to let me go out on tours with Vanilla Fudge. And Vanilla Fudge ended up being full-time for eight years, or seven years, I exaggerated. Okay. That's cool. Uh, and for the 1999 until 2006, uh, Plaza College, I, I had to leave them in 2002 because I just had too much work with the fudge. But uh, they bared with me for at least uh, two years and saying, whenever you got to take off at school, until we built up a big touring schedule all around the world. So, Jerry, you can make things happen. You just have to have the the heart and the ambition to really do it without screwing up your life. Because you want a relationship. You want, you want to enjoy life, not struggle. I was never a struggling musician, you know? Beautiful. You know what? Uh, so, what's what, that? all right, take a breath. I think we need to give everyone a treat because I have a few of your songs in queue. And oh. all four of them are absolutely beautiful and well-known all over the world. So let's start with this. Tell one. me 
So tell us about that song. Oh, my God. In 1980, Randy and the Rainbows needed a keyboard player because the keyboard player wasn't available all the time. So I went down, me not being able to read music, of course. I, I played by ear, basically. And uh, I, I auditioned because a friend of mine was in the band, and, and I got the job. And Randy said, uh, you know, well, what we want to do, we're an 11-piece band. We have horns and everything. We'd like you to actually open the show for us and close the show for us because you sing and i says oh okay great and then all of a sudden this is in 1980 we're doing shows and they call me up during their show to sing with them and i was doing caramir all these other tunes that uh and randy was really a nice guy doing that and as time went on i ended up being his first uh tenor singer uh, up front with the guys and it ended up they had another keyboard player so um i i really felt fortunate randy became family randy and frank Cifuto, the two brothers the original mike zero two backup singer and uh we played and then then they had a horrible breakup in 1990 which i went with randy of course when the band split and i stayed with randy till 92 before i made the ghost of rock and roll but playing with randy i mean you know it, 
he passed away about a year or two ago. And yeah. It's very sad, uh, heart problems. And uh, we're losing a lot of our rock and roll people. Right. And the memory goes on forever. And he was just a saint. I, I've never been in a, such a level-headed band as Randy and the Rainbows. And we played with families and friends and kids. I mean, no matter where we went, I mean, we, we worked for John Gotti all the time. Right. And <laughs> the fireworks and all that stuff. And uh, being John Gotti had a, a niece, uh, actually his godchild called Denise. And whenever he had a, a function, a party out by, you know, he had this ranch out, out in Long Island with racehorses at it and everything, thoroughbreds. Uh, he'd have the parties there and he'd have all these tents put up and catered and the whole bit. He always invited Randy and the Rainbows. And he'd always hire a band because we weren't the band. We were Randy and the Rainbows that would be part of the party. And then we'd get up and sing Denise yep. for him <laughs> with the backup group. And, and we got $1,000 off him just to show up. But it's because his uh, godchild was named Denise, you know? How cool is that? And, uh, yeah, and he, he was a sweetheart of a guy, too. I don't want to go off on him. But, but just listening to that Caramia tune, it brought a tear to my ear. It really did. Because uh, I remember that night of when I had auditioned for the American Story, Elvis, and I wouldn't tell the guys in Randy and the Rainbows I was doing that stuff, you know. So I was at the Minskoff Theater with 80 people auditioning for Elvis, the American play. Uh, this was put on by Priscilla Presley, by the way, produced or, you know. And uh, I came in number seven, which made me, out of eight, 80 people, number seven means they're going to take eight people and four of them were under studies to travel. Okay. But it, it only lasted two months. And then the whole thing got squashed in Vegas, and it was supposed to come back to the Minskoff Theater and begin. It never happened, so that play never took off. That was in 1987, 1988. So that night that I was seeing Caramia with Randy and the Rainbows, they saw me on every news channel. That's great. <laughs> so if you heard Vinny at the end, he says, you better show up at these jobs. <laughs> I was like, I will. <laughs> That's because great. when I got there, they said, so you auditioned for Elvis. We had Chauncey Howe and the Channel 2 News. And I got home from that audition. I turned on the TV and it was like Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 5, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 11. They all were showing on the news the Elvis promises Damn. that I was in it. And they had the nerve to say that I lip synced to a music track. And I called them up and had them retract that because I was insulted. What I did was I recorded the music except for the guitar. And when I went there, I played the guitar and I sang live oh. over the microphone. And being it was all mixed through my amplifier, it sounded like it was coming out like a recording, you know. But honest to God, I don't I do not do lip sync like that. And uh, it was real. And I, that's probably what sacrificed that I only got the, to be the understudy in it. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. But those were the days. And Randy and the Rainbows, 12 long years, 1980-1992. And they even let me go away in 82 with the Crest and J.T. Carter to, to do a six-month tour with them, too. Uh, so I, I did a lot of things, and I, I'm so proud of it. You know, my wedding song, by the way, by the casinos, then you could tell me goodbye. Okay. Kiss me each morning. There it is. For a million years. Yeah, and... and they called me up once because their singer, I'm sorry, I can't remember the man's name, but it was the original guy, not the guy that stood in later on. He was sick. 
and they asked me to fill in, and I did a string of shows for like a week or two in New York City with the casinos as the lead singer. And, and that was like, wow, that was my wedding song. That was so cool to be able to do that, you know? So uh, never forgot that either. Well, quick song about the casino. So Ken Brady is one of the original, and he sang with him who passed away. Uh-huh. And um, so uh, years and ago... And took over later on, Ken. I remember yep. that. So yeah. years ago... Excellent singer, by the way, not to cut you off. No, amazing. Ken? Ken, I forget it. That man's voice. Oh my so gosh! Talented. So, because yeah. I'm going to tell you a lip syncing story, and I'm going to, and you brought up the casino. <laughs> so here's a cool story. So, years ago, it was the day after New Year's. I'll never forget this. And I was just hanging out in my office, going through some interviews that were coming up, you know, doing my thing. And my right. phone rings, and it says Florida. So because of the radio thing, I pick up, and this gentleman says, "Hi, Jerry Petito." And I said, yes, hi. And he said, well, your your number was given to me, and my name is Ken Brady. I'm with the original Casinos. Now, That's what right. you don't know about me is I owned a poker league as well in Mercer County for 10 years called Ms. Night Owl Poker. Okay? So when mm-hmm. someone says Casinos to me, it goes to poker. <laughs> so I say to him, oh, what Casinos? I'm a poker player, you know? And he says, no, sweetie, and started singing, then you can tell me goodbye. Well, I crack up and I go, are you messing with me? And his wife, Cindy, is in the background and she said, no, sweetie, he's not messing with you. It's Ken Brady. And I said, oh, my goodness. Well, we are like family now. I've been to his home in Florida. He's been here. But here's what I want to tell you about lip syncing. So I put on a show in my town a few years ago Mm -hmm. and Ken came to sing and we had the capris, and, and it was amazing. Anyway, so Ken gets up there, and my uncle, who is Ken's age, he was a Marine here, he was in the front row with my aunt, and when Ken gets done singing, my uncle comes over to me, and he goes, he was lip-syncing. And I go, no, he wasn't, but come here. And when Ken gets off the stage, I go, Ken, come here, meet my uncle. He's giving you the biggest compliment Ever. He thinks you were lip singing. Sing it, Ken. And Ken sang to him. <laughs> and oh, my uncle nice. was like, Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. No, very talented man. I have a lot of respect for him. He could probably sing the telephone book. He's amazing. He's that good. You know? Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, his birthday might be tomorrow or the day, day after. His birthday's this week. Oh, so. Christ, I didn't even get him anything. Oh, but you gave him really great compliments, so I'll let him know, okay? Happy birthday, Ken Brady. Sing happy birthday <laughs> to Ken Brady. Many more, Ken. King, sing happy Deserve birthday it, to Ken. Come on. He's a class act. Did you hear me, Bill? Sing happy birthday to Ken Brady. Sing happy birthday. They said it's your birthday. Happy birthday to you. That's great. Happy birthday, Ken Brady. Oh, I've got such a lazy key when I sing acapella. Oh, no, that's great. And I thought, you know, originally when they say, hey, Bill, would you sing acapella? I thought it was singing without a jacket on. So I'd be taking my jacket <laughs> off. they go, what are you doing? I said, oh acapella singing, right? You oh, my gosh. That's oh, man, funny. Yeah. Uh, thank God it was just a jacket. You know? Oh, my gosh. I, sure. I love your sense so, of humor, too. So listen. Really? I really do. Why don't we give them yeah, another song? Sense of humor trucks and stuff. You did? The sense of humor? Yeah. Oh, no, that's good humor. I'm sorry. So listen, let's give. No, I'll never get sick of you. Let's give them. (laughs) Let's give them another treat. Let's play grooving, okay? And then we'll talk about it. Wait a second. Now you you want to play the song grooving? 
Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Do you think? Okay. okay. This is the new rascals. Okay. With Gene Cornish, Dino Dinelli, and Okay. Everybody. You'll tell everybody that when it's over. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go it's right okay, there. baby. Here we go.
best songs ever the whole world knows grooving so tell us about this song (laughs) that's funny the whole world knows grooving so so uh, i I was on the road i I did five years with the original members of the rascals because felix was doing the solo artist thing he didn't want to be with the band at the time so 2005 to 2010 when i decided to retire in august 2010 i was with those guys and we told stories on the road and everything so if you want to know about Groovin', man, well, it was such a big hit here in America that the, there was an Italian record company that wanted to release it in Italy on their own instead of taking from Atco, you know? So what ended up happening was they they had at Atlantic Records here in the city, I'm an Erdogan and all of them, they uh, set up this buffet thing and everything, and they recorded uh, Groovin' in Italian to present it to these Italian uh, producers. So they came and everything, and the rascals were there. They were celebrating with the champagne and all, and then they were going to play the song Groovin'. The problem was uh, they didn't use a translator to translate Groovin' into Italian. <laughs> what they did was they used, this is true now, what they did, uh, Felix's uh, cousin spoke fluent Italian. So he translated it for Felix and had Felix read and sing into the Groovin' on a Sunday afternoon. So when they finally played it for these people in Atlantic Records, uh, the Italian producers, every time they got to the word grooving, they'd start laughing. Okay. Going, What's wrong with them? What are they doing this for? And they got to grooving, and they start laughing again. And then they stop, and they go, well, what's the problem? They go, oh, we can't use that in Italy. I'm sorry. We're going to have to do it again. Mean sex? why he spoke perfect, Eng- per- perfect Italian. He goes, yes, he did. But the only problem is, you know your word in America here, grooving? Well, that's not a word. Italian. So your cousin substituted the word digging a ditch. So it was digging a ditch on a Sunday afternoon. Oh my gosh. They don't have a word for grooving. So they had to do that song all over. And if you ever heard the Italian version, everything is in Italian except the word grooving. You hear grooving and then they sing it in Italian. But, but that's a true story. Okay, but wait. I have to comment because I'm Italian. My dad's from Italy. Okay? Uh-huh. So. I'm a little confused with why they didn't just use the word grooving anyway, because if they didn't have an Italian word for it, grooving means grooving, and that's the song and the title, so why uh-huh. didn't whoever thought about it after think about it before? Hey, that's that's the whole reason Felix had his cousin do it, because his cousin thought he was interpreting it correctly. Oh my gosh. And he wanted it in Italian, so I thought you were gonna sat there and said anything about it, they just did it. That digging a ditch. A, oh my a, gosh. I thought you were going to say was, it meant sex or something. <laughs> okay. It's bad enough digging a ditch because the first thing you think of is a cemetery. Now, how could that right. be proven on a Sunday afternoon? Right. <laughs> bury somebody in. But uh, that's basically it. Hey, it was it was a thrill to that's play with great. the guys for the five years I did. The yeah, no, that's great. I, is I just got tired of touring and <clears throat> playing and uh, actually, the business end of it, uh, excuse the word, but it sucks. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's tough. And and the truth is, I, I was just looking to settle down a little bit, being a grandpa. And I uh, spent 12 years not playing at all since 2010 until this year. 
Wow. And then I decided to put the Pascali project together. And I found three really talented singing musicians that are, are pretty much local here. And I said, okay, we're going to do this, buddies. You know, so I'm going to go back and start playing soon. But, I, you know, I thank bands like The Fudge, The Rascals, and these groups that I've worked with because they actually induced a repertoire of memories for me. So when I get up on stage, I could actually play those memories and relive them the way I enjoyed doing it, you know. And uh, it, was, it was a great honor to do that stuff, and especially to record with them. You know, The Rascals, we had a DVD and a CD out called The Rascals Reloaded, and uh, did all their tunes. And they had 16 number one hits, and they're Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. So that is beyond an honor. So yeah, that's amazing. Felix's place. I wouldn't even say I took his place. <clears throat> Nobody could sing like Felix Cavalieri. He's just got this unique voice. He thought he was sounding like Ray Charles, but he was sounding like Felix, and nobody's taken that place in a while. Amazing. But, in order for the other three original members to play, they needed somebody, you know, and they thought I was pretty close. And all they had to do was keep reminding me, because I was fresh fresh out of the fudge, uh, <laughs> Bill, stop that vibrato. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man, because Felix does not use vibrato. You know, even on Groovin', it was Groovin' on a Sunday afternoon. Right. Oh, I love right? that. Uh. He wasn't singing Groovin'. <laughs> and they didn't want no vibrato, so I had to really reteach myself to sing to be in that band. But you know, it, it's like I say, you got to be loyal to their records, whether you're an original or not. If you're doing your own thing, you know, I got my own style. But if I'm doing that, I'm, I'm going to take away from the audience that you're there to play for. And who's going to have the party? Is it going to be the band or is it going to be the audience? And you got to right. decide to see audience. So what I do for them, you know. The great part about the fudge was we redid everything. We we did, I did about twelve albums worth of material with them, and um, I, I managed to use my own identity. But I was close to Mark, and uh, you know Mark, the original singer. And and the reason proven that was the fact that when it came out on the the final episode of The Sopranos, you keep me hanging on, right? Uh, soundtrack. Uh, it was in four different places. I actually wake up Tony Soprano in the morning when it opens up with the alarm and I'm playing the solo. Oh, tune, my gosh. On, on my so keyboard. cool. And then uh, when Philly's getting shot in the gas station, if you want to listen to it, I was playing on his wife's radio in the car while he's pumping gas and gets shot in the head. And I'm singing, you keep me hanging on. It's, it was weird because it was that one line, help me get over you the way you've gotten over me while the tire run over his head. So oh, my I, gosh. Really straight. But that, that, I'm still on it, that I've done that. Now, the reason why I say the similarity between me and Mark is because when that came out, the record company, not the record company, my manager, actually, I was no longer in the band, it was 2007, 2008, sent the royalties over to Mark because Mark called him and said that that was him on the record. This is a man that said, I was never able to sound like him. And they don't know why you got Bill Piscali and Vanilla Fudge because he don't sound like Mark. What is this, you know? But the truth of the matter is Mark fought it and said that it was him. So it ended up, they had to call HBO, and HBO said, no, 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 we used the album The Return, and that was in World Sound Records, and uh, Bill Piscali was singing that because we wanted it in digital. And they said, oh, so it is Bill. So Mark was nice enough to give back the royalties, and then they, they sent me mine 
just oh. thing. That was a twenty thousand dollar license. Oh, baby! Just for that song, yeah. And you know the coincidence? I said I played twelve years with Randy and the Rainbows. Randy was on the soundtrack too when Tony was sitting in the car on that final episode. They were playing Denise on the radio. Oh my gosh! Yeah, very reminiscent of Gotti, but <laughs> they were actually doing that. And I called Randy, and I says, I'm not going to believe this, but guess what? And he says, what do you mean, guess what? You and I are both on the soundtrack. Oh, I my said, yeah, gosh. same episode. This is so weird. So I, I'm not going to divulge what Randy got, but he was kind of That's pissed cool. off when he found out that we got $20,000. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I think he got less in, in reality, you know. But uh, it, was, it was an honor to be on the Soprano soundtrack. And they said they were going to come out with a movie a year or two after that. And what ended up happening was they wanted to start the movie with the end of The Sopranos, which also would put You Keep Me Hanging On in it again. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, the movie never came out. Tony died. Tony Soprano, I forgot his real name. And uh, it just never worked out. But I've been hearing recently that they are going to come out with a Sopranos movie. So you never know. Pretty cool. All right. But I've been very fortunate and I've been lucky too, you know, in life. And it's not, it's not really about talent, you know, and uh, many musicians will disagree with me on that, you know, especially the people that are full of themselves, but it's never about talent. When people come with a CD and say, this is my nephew, he's so talented. I want him to make it. Uh, What, what advice could you give me for my nephew? I said, does he want to be rich? And they go, yeah. I said, okay, be an accountant for music. Oh my gosh, stop it. Those are the guys that make the money. You're not going to make any money as a musician, singer, or anything unless you make it big. And talent has nothing to do with it. It's the right place, the right time, and the right people. And that's how business is. You know, I don't care if you're selling toothpaste. It doesn't matter how good it is. It's how good you sell it, you know? It's all in the marketing. It's all in the marketing, baby. Yeah, and I hate to kill it for so many people to have a dream because I always had the dream. It's just that watch out what you wish for because you might get it. And what I mean by that is you'll get what you wish for if you're really strong about it, but it may not be exactly what you wanted. It may not be the way you wanted it. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And, and that's it. So, you know, people say, Bill, you know, if you ever had it to do over again, what would you change? I said, not a damn thing. And they go, why? I said, because it always took this shitty, hard, rough, terrible, upsetting, messed up times to get to the good stuff in life. And it makes you appreciate the good stuff. That's more. right. So suffer, suffer, go through it, starve for a while. Um, actually know what it's like to play in a bar, in a club, in a restaurant. Know what it's like to do a benefit for somebody less fortunate. When you do all these things, that's the reward. Because when... You are finally handed something like a, a great thing in the music industry. You say, I'm undeserving of this. This is definitely something that'll, you know, uh, it, it makes it all worth it. So, all like I say, it. never do that. Did you ever see the movie Pascali uh, Island? Um, when was it out? Pascali Island came out in 88 with Ben Kingsley. Not uh, sure. That's how you spell my last name. That's why you can mention that because people go, "How do you spell that name?" It sounds like spaghetti. No, it's Pascali. Pascali's Island. And there's a, a, a phrase in that movie that I really like. I'm just going to play it quick for you. It's a second. Yes, Pascali. Yes, 
I'm skating on hot water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the line I like in that movie because you know something? We all skate on hot water. So uh, if you're invincible, you won't sink. Oh, my God. So that's, that's the thing. <laughs> so let's, I'll tell you what. So let's give them another treat. Let's play Beautiful Morning and then we'll talk about it, okay? Why you call it a treat? It might give them a break because people say when I talk, they get an earache. No, no, no. impossible because all the stuff you're saying is so awesome. Okay, everybody wants to hear, but everybody wants to hear these cool stories. Are you kidding me? All right, let's play the song and then we'll let you talk more. It's a beautiful. So beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful. 
on. It's a beautiful morning, baby. Let's talk about this beautiful song. Are we on again? We're on, babes. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, that, that's a Felix a Cavalier and uh, Eddie Bugatti. It was true gold, man. I was so honored to be able to sing that over again and record it with them. But uh, it, it's a great tune, and it just shows a, a world in a better place, you know? And I, I really loved, uh, you know, when I first heard them and they just come out, they had such great harmonies and they, they were such a great band, all four of them were very talented musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they, they backed up Joey D in the Starlighters. Heck yeah, baby. I, I interviewed yeah. Joey D. Yeah, yeah. Woo! Maybe before they made it, Joey D was everywhere, you know? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, did wa- I did want to mention, you know, uh, a friend of mine, I want to say hi to him, George Galfo of, of the Mystics. Yes. Because he's a long-term friend. I haven't seen him in a while. We both live in Florida a few hours from each other, and I wish we lived closer because we'd be hanging. You know? Yes, Al uh, Contrera. I love them all. Send him some dove, devil dogs. Yeah, that's his thing. He's a devil dog guy. You know? I got Both to interview them. all of them. Their oh, last right. interview together, all of them. Yeah. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's great. And Rocky, Rocky, I, I worked with for years. He's singing the high falsettos for George. Rocky was actually a member of uh, Lenny Coco and the Chimes. Yeah, I got to play. I got to play uh, keyboard for Lenny Coco for a year or two back in the 90s when he needed a keyboard player. And he thought I was reading the music. And he gave me a music book to do his show with because he had horn players and everything. But I didn't read a note. He didn't know that. I'd open the book and make believe until the whole band hit a bad note. And they proved it to to Lenny that Lenny wrote the music wrong on that one part of a a West Side Story uh, method we were doing. And everybody hit a wrong note. And Lenny said, take it from the top of that again. He did it again. Everybody hit a bad note. And Lenny turned around and he says, uh, let me see the music. So he looked at it and he says, wow, guys, I'm sorry. I actually wrote a bad note. And a dumb horn player, uh, I forget his name, said, but Lenny, Bill didn't hit a bad note. And Lenny <laughs> came over and says, look, I see your music, Bill. And I said, yeah, and I handed it to him. And he goes, yeah, you got the bad notes on there, too. He says, tell me something. Why didn't you hit the bad note? I says, well, how long have I been in the band now? About a year? I says, uh, I don't read music. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, I've been faking it. I said, so I doubt you're going to kick me out because it's been a while. He says, I told you I needed a reader. I said, well, I'm not a reader, man. I'm sorry. So then he kept me and uh, finally found out that secret. I don't read. But that's okay. But I wait. I don't read books either. But wait. But, but wait. I have to ask you something. <laughs> Hold that note. All right. Sure. So first of all. You don't read music, but you were the only one who did not hit a bad note. Yes. And didn't that impress the crap out of them? I guess it did, because I stayed with the band until I did the fudge thing the following year. Okay, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, it's rock and roll, but Lenny didn't play rock and roll. He had uh, Once in a While, and I'm in the Mood for Love, and did all those remakes of the 30s in the 60s and made hits out of them. Plus, West Side Story Medley, that ain't rock and roll, you know. But uh, I managed to get on through it. I used to tell the guitar player, do me a favor, instead of facing forward at rehearsal, could you face me a little bit? Oh, my gosh. Sure, why are you doing that? I said, because I play guitar. And if I see the things you're doing on the guitar, I can play off the keyboard very well. And he'd go, oh, okay, no problem, Bill. So we always did that, you know. That's crazy. yeah, no, it's, it's playing by ear. That's amazing. The only problem is if you're a keyboard player and you're playing by ear, you you might get your earlobe caught between the notes. Oh, my gosh. But 
No, I'm sorry, man. When you turn 70, you start getting oh my silly. God. My wife wants to kill me around no. the house, you know? So, all right, so, Bill. the Rascals. Yeah, wonderful band. I, there's one thing that I will never forget. I, I was on the final episode of the Joe Franklin show in 1994. I loved the guy since I was five, six years old in the 50s, watching his show. It was the longest-running show. And Joe Franklin said this very quickly. Listen. Thank you. I shall uh, long remember this visit with Bill Pascali. Uh, it goes a rock and roll passion, but I hope that cool. made my day. That's cool. I hear that, and I, I actually do tear up because uh, I love Joe. Uh, I, I knew him for years. He even interviewed the Fudge, you know, uh, later on when I got to the Fudge. But being on that final show, that that's gold for me. Yes. You know, I, I put that on YouTube. I'll never forget it. He was a wonderful guy. Amazing. And I never, never forgotten. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm interrupting you. So go ahead. You're not interrupting me. So we have a few minutes left. So this is what I would like for you to do. Um, tell everybody out there, you know, give them some advice, some words of wisdom, some hope. Um, do your thing. Let's do that. Okay, people, it is a very weird, weird world we're living in, and two years ago proved it, that things are changing, and there, there, there's the devil on foot through our world. So all you could do is take all the good in life and go with it, okay? Turn your back on the bad stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. Stay strong. We're Americans. We'll get through everything as long as we're together. We are not two different political parties. We are one race of people. We got to look at it that way. We only have one color. That's red, white, and blue. We got to stay together, keep our heads, and bring joy to each other. No matter how you may feel about the next door neighbor or the person with you, you got to realize that we are all from the same source. We are all that stardust. And that stardust is one. So we all have to group together and make things work. And you don't have to be thankful for all the things you have in life. Just be thankful that there is a God. Mm. Okay? And all these things you get in life, you'll earn them. That's why you have them. So when you're lacking on that, when we're quarantined, when we're afraid we're going to get sick, things like that, don't be. Just move forward and live your life because that's what it's all about, you know. And and we all take our chances, but in God we trust, and God is going to get us through. I'm not a big religious guy, but I am a spiritual guy, or I wouldn't be called the ghost of rock and roll. <laughs> and the ghost of rock and roll says that this spirit that is out there is what's going to get us all through. Uh, the only way you could communicate with the world is through music. Okay, that Amen. is a universal language. Amen. So I'm in a good spot. Yes. I appreciate that. And Jerry, you preach it too. You help people. And that's what it's about. I have a son that helps people. Uh, it, I'm proud of that. You Beautiful. Know, uh, people with OCD, people with you know anxiety problems and things like that in their life. My son helps many people through that. Beautiful. And I appreciate it. He's got the same name as me if you ever look him up. But... Uh, it's just a wonderful thing to know that what is out there, we're all on the same side. We just want happiness. We want freedom. Amazing. And we want to live our life, okay? So let's let's all do it together. So I hope that is a word of advice. That was beautiful. So Thank you. 
I would like to share something with you and all the listeners. I want to read a poem out of my book. Nice. It's called Utilizing Gifts and Talents, Bill, and it's because you've done that with your life, I've done that with mine, and that's what keeps us going. So I'm going to read the poem, and then we're going to talk about the final song we have in queue, and we're going to close with that song, okay? My favorite. Okay, Okay, baby. Here we go. Utilizing Gifts and Talents, guys. We are born with talents, we are born with drive, with different gifts to make us thrive. I knew early on I was born to draw and paint, to also write poetry, and to talk without restraint. Our gifts and talents should all be used, God's gift to us not be abused. We can go far in life for sure, using our gifts to go on tour. All our talents should be used to create ourselves and more, then our jobs to share them, to even up the score. You see, in life what's needed is not just for ourselves. Once our gifts are mastered, take them off the shelves. A living we can make by spreading them around, not just for the money, to spread a peaceful sound. Don't take for granted the gifts you're given. Go out and spread the joy. Our gifts are not to be held back for us to self-destroy. Put your efforts forth. Do not hesitate. All your talents, my friend, are never second rate. Never hold them back or you will surely die. Maybe not in body, but your soul will cry. Our gifts were made to share, our talents made to soar, go through life enlightened, and then you can roar. Be proud of who you are. Be happy you're alive. Once again, my friend, your gifts will help you thrive. By putting efforts forth, not keeping them at bay, your name will live forever, forever and a day. Go through life excited for what you sure can give. To yourself and others is our reason to live. Our grave will be quite lonely but our legacy lives on. Make sure people smile with the breaking dawn. That's for you, sweet pea. Wow, that's beautiful. It really is. Thank you. And that gift we have, we get it every day. It's called the present. That's so right. let's all be there. There you go. Okay. So. And uh, not more to say than that. It, it, that well, I want just, you to. You're an amazing talent to be able to write this poetry like that. And it's very heartfelt. Thank you, sweetheart. It's very true. Well, I want to say my thank yous to you, and then I'm going to have you tell us what the song means to you. You keep me hanging on, and then we're going to play that in closing. But I want to say thank you to you. I want to thank all my listeners. I want to thank you, Bill, because this was such a fun, cool interview, and you made my day, and you really honored me, and I thank you so much. Thank you, and you made my millennium. You really oh, did. You're <laughs> awesome. Thank you. It's been it's been a great experience speaking mm. with you and covering this history like this. And mm. it, it, rock and roll history is just a wonderful place. And I'm just glad to be a very tiny, small part hanging off the edge of it. But uh, the truth is, uh, uh, the next song you're about to play, I imagine, is from Vanilla Fudge. Yep, you keep me, keep hanging, me on. hanging on, baby. Recorded in 2002, it ended up being on seven different labels worldwide: Yamaha Records, Eagle Records, and Germany, uh, all over South Korea, One Records, uh, you, you name it, and all over the states as well. World Sound and Hyperspace, uh, and a few others that uh, we had. Fuel 2000 also played it, so that's why it's special to me. And you keep me hanging on is great because we we never want to stop hanging on hang on to everything in life you know and that's what it's about and um 
uh, it's a special tune to me because it started me with the fudge in 1999 when I was in January and we went to Japan and I was just going to be a fill-in for two weeks. And during that show, they turned to me and they said, guess what? We're going to keep you. And I said, you're kidding me. So with the three original members, we've been through seven years of stuff and all those albums. And we got to record in sync Backstreet Boys stuff. People come backstage and say, oh, my God, I was wondering where the Backstreet Boys got that uh, song from. And the in sync song that they do, too. Man, you, I didn't know you guys did it. And we said, no, wait a minute. We did it after them. <laughs> We're covering them. They're not covering us. Amazing. <laughs> So, yeah, so we had tear, uh, tear, tearing up my heart, and uh, I want it that way and uh, on an album. And, you know, Carmine wrote, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Our drummer from the Fudge. <laughs> he, he actually worked with Rod Stewart in 78 to 82, and he helped him write, Do You Think I'm Sexy? And he's on that. Uh, so we re recorded that, Vanilla Fudge style, changed it all around. So, um, it. it it's Amazing. It's just an exciting life. So Amazing. when you listen to this song, think of the Sopranos soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> think of Bill actually having the honor of being the Vanilla Fudge keyboard player, you know? And, uh, you know, that's that's what life is Here all we about, go. having these fortunate things happen and walking through. And we're going to make new memories too, Jerry. There you go, so baby. hang in there, girl. You keep me hanging on. It'll be done. Yes. As my friend Dean Parrish said, he, he was the guy that sang the skate had the hit record, you know. He always said to me, Bill, it ain't over yet. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to retire. No, it ain't over yet, Bill, it ain't over. Unfortunately, sadly enough, he passed away just recently. But it was never over for him. And we still listen to his records as well. And he, he was a great mm. talent, along with my best friend, Freddie Scott, that I was his musical arranger for 12 years. And
nothing I can do about it. 